All right, let's look at our scripture. It can be found on the back of your bulletin or on the screen. Uh, this is about Jesus as the good shepherd. This is John 10, 1 through 21. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? The word of the Lord. Well, I was this week on the internet searching for information, tidbits, uh, valuable tidbits to bring you of information. When I saw this, it was a quiz. Take the quiz to find out what is your spirit animal. I thought to myself, I would love to know what my spirit animal is. Perhaps you don't know what a spirit animal is. It is a spirit which helps guide or protect a person on a journey and whose characteristics that person shares or embodies. So I'd like to know what animal I, uh, characteristics I share and embody. And so I took the quiz, which was not that long, and I discovered what I knew all along, that my spirit animal is the whale. Because you have a strong inner voice and follow your own truth. Because you are so in touch with the reality, you are self-aware and don't get involved in drama, much like the whale. You have strong bonds and emotional ties with those you love. So I, my spirit animal is the whale. I mean, I look like a whale. I love seafood, right? Uh, I like to splash around in the water, and I enjoy swimming to the bottom of the pool. So it makes perfect sense that my spirit animal is the whale. Well, if we were to ask Jesus what 
our spirit animal would be, Jesus would say it's a sheep. Our spirit animal is a sheep. And when you think about it, I think he might be right. We have a lot of the same characteristics and qualities of sheep. We like to congregate, to flock into groups. We're social animals. We're really quite vulnerable when you think about it. And we're followers. We're looking for someone or something to entrust ourselves to. And so Jesus is telling us that you are like sheep. So he can explain to us that he is a shepherd. Not just any shepherd, but rather a good shepherd who has come that we might have life and have it to the full. There are many in this world who claim to be shepherds who can lead us. But Jesus is saying that they are thieves and robbers who have come instead to steal and kill and destroy. As sheep, our well-being is entirely dependent on who we choose to follow. We will choose a shepherd to follow, by the way. The question is who? We all need a shepherd. And Jesus is the true shepherd that leads us to life. So we must follow him. I think Jesus is a good shepherd for three reasons. And we'll see these in this passage. Number one, because Jesus calls us. Number two, because Jesus protects us. And finally, number three, because Jesus loves us. So let's look at these three points. Number one, Jesus is the good shepherd because he calls us. A little bit of background before this passage. Jesus has just healed a blind man. That's what I preached on last week. And he healed this blind man to demonstrate who he was. That he is the light of the world. That he is the one who has come to reveal the Father and to reveal the way to the Father. And so Jesus has put his hands on this man, and this man now not only sees physically, but he sees spiritually. He is, knows who Jesus is, that he is the Lord, and he worshiped him. However, the Pharisees, when they heard of this, the Pharisees, the supposed shepherds of Israel, have cast out this blind man. They have said, you're steeped in sin. They refuse to acknowledge who Jesus is. And so Jesus wants to expand uh, our understanding of who he is, and so he uses this metaphor of a sheep and a shepherd. Now, this metaphor has gone on throughout the entire Bible. In the Old Testament, God used shepherds to lead his people, right? David was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. And the Bible has called people sheep. Now, we need to know a little bit about sheep uh, sheep were the first animals, uh, one of the first animals domesticated by man. And the reason they were domesticated by man and, and were so easy to domesticate are a couple of reasons. The first is that sheep have no defenses. They have no claws. They have no teeth. Uh, they really have no protection uh, whatsoever. They need a protector. Sheep are also followers, as I've already said. Because sheep have no uh, defenses, their only defense is to congregate. There's strength in numbers, and so they come together, and they stay together, and they follow one another so they can stay together. However, if one makes a bad move, that's a terrible thing because everyone else will follow that sheep, even if it's off a cliff. 
There's actually a documented case in Turkey in 2006 where 400 sheep died when one of the sheep tried to traverse this 15 meter uh, traverse and, and they all just kept on going right into uh, this gully. See, bad leadership decisions result in decimation of the flock. Sheep have no defenses, they're followers, and they require care. Sheep can't find food on their own. They have to be led to it. They're very vulnerable to disease. They have to be inoculated. They have to be watched over. And they have to be uh, sheared often, or their, or their coats will grow too long and will overwhelm them. In conclusion, sheep must have shepherd, a shepherd or they don't stand a chance. So Jesus says in verse 1, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another day way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus is saying there are, is a true shepherd and there are false shepherds. And these false shepherds are thieves and robbers. And they don't come in by the door of the sheepfold. They come in by the side. They jump in over the side fence. Because they don't belong there. They're there not to lead the sheep, but they're there to take the sheep. Now, who is Jesus talking about as he's uh, going through this passage? Who are these thieves and robbers? I think Jesus is talking about the Pharisees from the story of the blind man, right? He's continued on. And he's saying that you guys are not caring for the sheep. Rather, you're fleecing them. You're not guiding them. You're not nurturing them. You're not guarding them. You're false shepherds. But there is a true shepherd. But he who enters, verse 2, by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Indeed, there is one who is rightful and authorized to lead the sheep because those sheep belong to him. And so he uses the door. He uses the main door. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Okay, so there's this sheep fold. And what's a sheep fold? It's a, it's a pen, it's an enclosure, where multiple flocks, multiple shepherds would put their flocks from time to time. So there might be four or five flocks in this pen, and they would hire a gatekeeper to watch the main door and to open the door when one of those four or five shepherds would come. And so the gatekeeper opens the door for the shepherd because he recognizes that this is the authorized person who owns this particular flock. And notice that the sheep hear his voice. The shepherd will call to his sheep, and the sheep will hear him. Contrary to popular belief, sheep are not dumb. They're about as smart as cows. They're almost as smart as pigs, uh, uh, maybe even whales. Um, they can recognize uh, over 50 different uh, faces of other sheep, and they can recognize humans' faces and voices. And so when the shepherd calls, they recognize and remember that this is our shepherd. And notice as the shepherd calls, he calls each of the sheep by name. 
You see, the sheep know the shepherd, and the shepherd knows the sheep. And as he calls each of their individual names, they hear their name, and they come forward. And by this, the shepherd leads them out. It's really quite an amazing thing. There's these five flocks, hundreds and hundreds of sheep, but when one of the shepherds calls the voice of his flock, they instantly begin to separate. All the sheep look the same, but his flock comes out, or her flock comes out. And then this shepherd goes in front and leads them out. Doesn't have to use any coercion whatsoever. And notice it says, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. The shepherd doesn't need a leash. The shepherd doesn't need to transport them in a truck. He can walk in front of them for miles and miles and miles, and they will follow because they know his voice. However, verse 5, a stranger they will not follow. They will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Somebody could take the clothes of the shepherd and put them on and use the same commands and even call each of the sheep by their particular name, and the, the sheep will not come. In fact, they will flee because they know that this is not the shepherd. What is Jesus saying in this metaphor? He's saying, I am the true shepherd, and I have come to gather my flock. The sheepfold is planet Earth. And there are billions of people on planet Earth. And we all congregate into different groups or flocks for safety and meaning. And Jesus has come to planet Earth to call his own out of those groups to come and belong to Jesus, their shepherd. See, much like the sheep, we are agitated. We are defenseless. And we know there are robbers and thieves that want to take advantage of us, to fleece us for their own benefit. And we have a flock mentality, right? We gather in groups and we say, if we just continue to stay in this group and follow what this group is doing, we will be safe. But we are not equipped to lead each other. Ultimately, we'll lead each other off of a cliff. We need someone to care for us, someone to watch over us. We need to hear the voice of the good shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and I have come to call my own. And the gatekeeper is God the Father. And he has opened the gate, and Jesus has called this blind man, and he started this call 2,000 years ago and still continues his call, and will continue to call until his last sheep comes, and then the gate will be shut. And how will he call? He will call us by name. And we, if we are his sheep, will recognize his voice. I remember being an 18-year-old kid trying to find my way in the world, I was busy following the flock, 
because that's what you were supposed to do, right? Stay in the group, do what they do. And I remember having a vague sense of agitation that all was not right with the world. I was looking for something. I just didn't know what it was. Some friends invited me to a Young Life Bible study. I thought the Bible was stupid, and I thought Jesus was irrelevant. But in that Bible study, the leader shared the good news of Jesus Christ. And I heard it in my heart. Carlos, you belong to me. Follow me, and I will lead you to life. And I responded. And I started following Jesus. And I had no idea what it really meant at the time. I had no idea where it would take me, that it would affect everything in my life. The woman I would marry, how I would raise my kids, the kind of job I would have. I didn't follow Jesus because of any of those reasons. I followed Jesus because I knew that it was right. I knew that he was right. I heard his voice calling me. So my question for you today is simply this. Have you heard Jesus call your name in your heart? Have you heard his gospel saying, I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. Jesus is in the process of calling his flock right now. And if you hear his voice, then you must respond. You must lead, leave the false shepherds, the thieves that want to pillage and burn and kill. You may have to separate from your flock, looking for meaning and safety, and instead go to Jesus and say to him, Here I am, Master. I heard you. Lead the way. I will follow. Because if you do, it will be like coming home for the first time. We all need a shepherd. Jesus is calling. Jesus is the true shepherd that leads us to life. So let us follow him. Jesus is the good shepherd because he, leads, he calls us. But point number two, he is the good shepherd because he protects us. We see in verse 6 this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. His opponents aren't getting what Jesus is saying because they're not of his sheep. So Jesus again said to them, verse 7, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Jesus shifts his analogy. Now there is only one flock. These are those who have heard Jesus' voice, he has led them out of the sheepfold, and he has brought them to safety and put them in a new sheepfold of just his flock, and he becomes the door of the sheep. Jesus is saying, I am the protector. I am the one who guards the door. I am the one who keeps my followers safe. All who came before me, verse 8, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. These thieves and robbers that come to steal and kill and destroy, notice now that they can't come in the side anymore. Jesus has them protected all the way around. The only way they can come 
is through the door, the very door that Jesus is. But the sheep will not listen to them, Jesus says, because they're now with the genuine shepherd, they will spot the counterfeit. Jesus is saying, I will protect you, your body and your mind. I love verse uh, John 10, 28. He says, I give my people eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. And then Jesus gives this beautiful promise. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, in other words, if anyone comes into this place of safety, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. See, it's an invitation to anyone who is listening. It's a call. If you enter by me, you will be safe. Jesus is talking about the salvation that he offers. Remember that Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus is saying, if you come through me, the good shepherd, the door to salvation, you will enter into a place of safety and abundance. You will be saved. Now notice Jesus is making a distinction between those people who are his, in his care, in his sheepfold, and those who are outside, who are not. If they must enter to be saved, what it means is everybody outside of the sheepfold is not safe. It means they are in danger. They are defenseless against evil. They are uh, prone to thieves and robbers. They are in spiritual danger. Now here the analogy breaks down, as all analogies break down. You see, sheep are not in control of their decisions, but people are. The reality is all of us have rebelled against the shepherd Jesus. We have all said to him, we don't want you to lead us. And we have wandered off away from the shepherd into the wilderness, thinking that we knew better. God gives us the freedom to choose who we will follow, but he does not absolve us of the consequences of our choices. The scriptures are very clear. The one who sins is the one who dies. All of us who threw off the protection of the shepherd are in danger of eternal punishment and death. There is a thief who seeks us. His name is Satan. He desires our death, and he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And further, there is a coming judgment by God. But Jesus came to free us from the penalty of sin and the danger of Satan. He has come to bring us from the wild into his sheepfold. Jesus says, if you enter through me, you will be saved. And furthermore, you will experience an abundant life. You will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus has come to restore to us the freedom and the blessing of God. As Colossians 1.13 says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness 
and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. What Jesus promises to his sheep, his followers, is safety and abundance. He promises to lead us to that which is good for us. I think one of the best verses in the Bible is in this passage, John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. See, we think we know what will bring us peace and abundance. We don't. We're sheep. But our shepherd does. Many think, why would I want to follow Jesus? Much like I did at age 18, he'll make my life miserable. I won't get to do what I want to do. It's the exact opposite. Jesus came that we might have life and have abundant life. And that means love. It means joy. It means peace. It means hope. And it ultimately culminates in heaven when he comes again. My favorite time of the day is around 5 or 6 o'clock. It's the time when I come home. I've been meeting with people. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I might even be hangry. And so I pull into my parking lot my driveway, and I open my front door, and I go inside. See, the door is the entrance, and I find on the other side what I love because my wife is there. My daughter is there. It's a comfortable place. There's food to eat. There's safety. I'm not in fear when I'm in my house. It's a place where I can just be myself. It's the place where I belong. It's home. We're all looking for a place of safety, a place of care, for a shepherd who will defend us and watch over us, who will protect us from evil, even protect us from ourselves. We all want to experience abundant life, but we can't seem to find it. We search all over this earth in our hobbies and food and sex and relationships, but it's never enough. But there is a place where you can find all these things. It's through the door of Jesus Christ. So open the door. Come to Jesus and say to him, you are the one I am looking for. I give myself to you. Let him lead your life as he leads you into a sheepfold. He will watch over you. He will lead you to a place of abundance and peace. We all need a shepherd. Jesus is the true shepherd that leads us to life. So follow him. Finally, Jesus is the good shepherd because he loves us. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus says, not only I am a shepherd, but I am the good shepherd. And what is it that makes him good? It's that he lays down his life for the sheep. 
Jesus says, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who doesn't own the sheep, he sees the wolf coming and he runs. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. See, the hired hand, when he's watching over the sheep, everything's okay, I guess, when when there's no danger. But the truth of the matter is, he doesn't care about the sheep. And the reason is because they're not his. He doesn't own them. All he cares about is his own skin. And so he abandons them in his time of need, in their time of need. And the result is they're killed by the wolf. Jesus says, verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. See, the reason Jesus lays down his life for us is because he sees us as his. We belong to him. He is committed to us. Notice in verse 15, it says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Does not say that he's willing to lay down his life for the sheep. It says he does lay down his life for the sheep. See, that's what makes him good. Jesus is speaking of his crucifixion and his death. There is only one way to lead us out of the clutches of the evil one. And that is to free us by his blood. A ransom must be paid for each one of us. And the cost is death. And Jesus is willing to pay it. Why? Because he loves us. With a deep, personal, abiding love. You know, it's one thing to rule over something. It's entirely another thing to give your life for it. But that's what Jesus does for us. And Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Jesus is going out to every tongue and tribe and nation and calling his people. He has paid the price on the cross, and now he is collecting For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. The Father loves him because of his obedience to the Father's commands. And Jesus dies and lives again that he might be our living shepherd. We don't follow a memory. We follow a living God who leads us now. Because he has paid for us, we are his. I went to Lowe's recently, had to buy something. I wanted to buy something for the house. So I went, and I thought it was a certain price. But when I looked at the price tag, I realized it was much more expensive than I thought it was going to be. So I really wanted it, but I had to face a decision. Am I willing to part with this amount of money in order to have that? The answer in the end was yes. And so I paid the price, it became mine, and I took it home. Each one of us has a price tag. It's the debt that you have incurred because of your sin. And the price tag is death. 
The debt that you and I had was so great that while we alone owed it, only God could pay it. And so Jesus came to earth to pay it. There's a reason that he knows your name. Because while he was on the cross, he was saying it because he was paying specifically for you. Jesus not only loves us, he shows us that he loves us. So what does this all mean? Jesus is the good shepherd. He calls us, he protects us, he loves us. We all need a shepherd. Jesus is the true shepherd that leads us to life, so follow him. You can trust Jesus to lead you. If you are not a Christian, hear and respond to his voice. He wants to lead you to safety and a place of abundance. If you are a Christian, are you letting the good shepherd lead you through life? Let him lead you by his word and his spirit. That's what he's come to do. When you wake up in the morning, say to Jesus, lead me. I will follow you. When you go to work or school, look to your shepherd. Listen for his voice. When you are tempted and tried, trust the good shepherd. He will lead you to safety. And when you are lost, look to your shepherd. He's always there and will always lead you to a place of safety and abundance. For I came, Jesus said, that you might have life and have it to the full. We all need a shepherd. Jesus is the true shepherd that leads us to life. So follow him. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that when we were lost, you came and you found us. You called us and you brought us home. Pray for anyone within my vo uh, voice, can hear my voice today, that they would hear your call and they would respond to it. For you are the one that has come, that we might have life and have it abundantly. And Lord, help us to be obedient sheep, to follow your voice as you lead us uh, to a place of safety and a place of abundance. We pray all of these things in Christ's name. Amen. Now we enter into a time of our service of worshiping through giving. Uh, we do not pass offering plates here at Redeemer. Rather, we have them in the foyer on the table. If you wish to give an offering, you might, may do so on the way out after the service. If you're new to Redeemer, don't feel compelled uh, to give in, in any way by us. We're uh, just thankful that you are here. Let me go ahead and pray for our offering. God, we pray that you would bless this offering, that you would use it uh, to continue to proclaim your gospel to the world, uh, Lord, and to strengthen your church uh, that you have gathered and called. And we pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen.